Hey, it's Taylor Harrington here. I'm the host of On Your Team, a podcast by Groove. Groove is the co-working app for creative entrepreneurs. So it feels right to have a whole bunch of conversations with creative entrepreneurs like you. We're here to talk about the amazing humans who've supported us along our journeys and the lessons we've learned so that you can learn from them too. Together, we're redefining what it means to have people on your team when you're a team of one. Let's go ahead and get to it. Allison, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I'm so excited to have this conversation. I've really gotten to see your book come to life through grooving with you. And now it's launched. We're recording this in January 2024. So welcome to the show. I, I can't wait to, to chat. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited too. Well, can you tell us a little bit about your business and maybe weave in how this work has been a part of this book that you just wrote? Yeah, so I am the founder of a company called Brickett. Um, Brickett is a team culture consultancy based in London. And everything that we do at Brackett is about helping teams work better together. And it has actually gone through a lot of iterations over the past 14 years since I've been running it. But at the core, it's always been about collaboration. So it kind of started off more as a facilitation agency and bringing creative entrepreneurs together to collaborate on projects. And what interested me there was like, how do you bring people that are really talented together into a group of people that are able to each do their best work and create something amazing collectively. And over the years, I've kind of started, as I did more work with teams and started to work with more companies, I kind of started to transfer that idea into the workplace. And Bracket has evolved into what it is now, which is really about like how do we make sure that everybody that has to work together in a team is able to do their best work and thrive. Now, the reason I'm kind of passionate about that, and it's still obviously the core is around collaboration, but the reason I'm passionate about that is because we spend so much time at work and we really do. And particularly in the knowledge economy, you've got people that are really passionate about what they do. At the same time, sometimes their, their experiences of the workplace aren't that great. And, you know, we do hear a lot about kind of unproductive environments, toxic environments, places where there's kind of a lot of conflict. And particularly in the knowledge economy, a lot of the day of people is spent working with other people. So my, partly my theory is, is that if we can in some way improve the way that we work with other people, then we can change our experience of work. Because if like, our day is largely made up of interacting and collaborating with others, actually, if we can solve that challenge where it doesn't quite work, then actually it really does have an impact on how we, how we experience work and therefore having a really massive impact on our lives if we spend so much time at work as well. So that's kind of like the, the essence of it. And then what can we do? So even through things like, you know, how do we meet better? You know, again, people spend so much time in back-to-back meetings. If we change the way those meetings are, how people turn up to those meetings, how engaged they are, how do they feel about those meetings, that changes their experience of work. If they're in, you know, meetings all day, every day, and then actually that same experience of work. So if we improve that aspect of work, then we improve work overall. I, I love this part about meetings. I, before I joined the Groove team, I worked with an author named Seth Godin, and he was not a fan of meetings. You know, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of really interesting things that can yeah. happen in a meeting and how to make them shorter, how to make them engaging. And if, you know, if you wanted a meeting, there was a very clear, like, why are we meeting? And that's, you know, that guided the conversation. And so I think this idea of like, how do we create better meetings is so interesting. 
and important because ultimately it comes down to how are we spending our time together? And I'm curious, you know, a lot of the people that are listening are either teams of one Mm -hmm. um, or they have a very tiny team or they're working as a consultant, as a collaborator with other teams. So they might be kind of thrown into someone else's meeting culture that they're not um, necessarily helping to create. I'm curious if you have any tips for those kinds of folks that are maybe going into someone else's meeting culture, how they could make an interesting shift in how those meetings are run or how to make them more impactful. Well, I love the, the, the fact that you use the word meeting culture because my new book is called Workshop Culture, right? Yes. So, so essentially <laughs> the premise behind this is that if you've been part of a really amazing workshop that's been really well facilitated, you know what they feel like. You go in and everyone's creative. Everyone is just like throwing around ideas. Everyone is motivated. Everyone's really excited. You come away buzzing. That for me is almost like a microcosm of really great teamwork. So if we can make that happen in our workshops, what can we take from that to influence or take inspiration from for our meetings? We can run meetings that have a feeling of being in a workshop. I mean, not all, you can't run them all the time like that because, you know, they are tiring and they are exhausting. If you, you know, do them back to back, day in, day off, day out but there are different things that we can do to bring in more interaction mm-hmm. to bring in that engagement you know some of the features of workshops when they're well facilitated is that everyone speaks everyone has a voice everyone speaks equally they you know you're not necessarily they're just much more dynamic because everyone's getting involved you might be using your hands to kind of like sketch things out or using post-it notes or even if it's on a kind of virtual whiteboard you have moments where um, people are like reflecting silently on the question before they and contribute, which gives people time to think. And particularly good for um, people that may be a little bit more introverted. You know, what we have in normal meetings is that they, they default to people that have much more confidence speaking up in front of a group. And therefore, those are the ideas that get heard the most. Um, so, you know, what can you do to create an environment where everyone can speak up and everyone feels comfortable to share in a way that feels comfortable to them? Yeah. Yeah, it's I I love this. That idea of bringing that workshop culture into the daily way that you meet with your team or mm-hmm. collaborators or you know the folks that you're working with on a specific project like it's such an it's, it's a simple concept but yeah. it's so important because it's like oh of course like I know that feeling especially with the groove team when we've met up in person as a small remote team the buzzing after when you get on the plane ride home and you're like wow, we're about to make shit happen. This is like this excitement. And then it's like, how do you bring that into Monday next week? How do you bring it into Wednesday, three weeks from now? So there's something really interesting about that, especially with so many folks that do work remotely that might not be having those in-person experiences, but they know what a great virtual workshop looks like. I have a friend who who recently, her, her company just did like a holiday party and it was a virtual escape room and they like had to yeah they had to like escape this virtual room together Mm. which I thought was going to be one of these like you know digital rooms where they had clues and stuff yeah but they actually took a camera and someone was in a physical space going around with the camera and they were like working on the puzzles amazing but at the at the end of it she came over for dinner that night and she was just buzzing Mm -hmm. and it was like Mm -hmm. this contagious like we were able to do this thing that we didn't think was possible in such a short period of time. And there's something about that that's just contagious. So I love this idea of like, how do we hold on to that? Absolutely. I think that's this, you picked picked up on two things there. First of all, 
the use of the phrase workshop culture. Collaboration as a concept is really broad and we understand what collaboration is, but how do we actually make it happen in practice? And that's why I use this phrase workshop culture, because we all do know what it feels like to be in one of those amazing workshops. It's like, okay, that's when, we, when we're talking about collaboration, that's what we mean. And then your second point about continuing it, it's like, you know, what if work did feel like that every day? What if you ended every single day at work feeling that amazing buzz that you couldn't, in a sense, I mean, you know, you couldn't wait to go back the next day. I mean, you don't really want to kind of spend all your time at work, but imagine if that is how that was the default for the workplace rather than what it is where we only feel that in kind of moments of time. So a big part of workshop culture is how do we extend that feeling beyond the end of a workshop? How do we make that a, a much more sustained feeling a sustained through different little behaviors and habits that we can do on a daily basis to bring that energy in. I'm curious if there's like one specific example that you found through your work or through your book mm -hmm. and then like actually the act of writing it that was like, gosh, that's a, a really good example of a small change that makes a big difference. Yeah. I mean, there's lots, there's lots, because this is the work that we do at Bracket with our teams. It is, we, you know, that's one of the phrases is that we, mm -hmm want to make long-term change through small shifts. So one of the foundations of workshop culture is tiny tweaks, not sweeping change because it's much more sustainable. That's great. So I was working with a, a leadership team at a company and we're talking about values and they had developed the value we are caring as one of their, you know, one mm -hmm. of the principles that they wanted to affirm throughout the company. And they realized, you know what, we don't actually say hello to our staff when they walk in in the morning like we have our office doors closed people just come in they go to their desk so if we want to really step into this principle of we are caring we need to start saying hello to people in the morning it sounds so simple and so small but and it doesn't take a lot of effort to do right it just means you just got to remember put a post-it note on your computer as you see someone walking past your door say hello and the difference that would make to people that weren't used to that would be phenomenal. And so that's a really lovely example. Another example, again, I write about it in the book, is just a really busy team that were just in firefighting mode a lot. Um, and they were really struggling to find out the time, to carve out the time for reflection. So their leader mm -hmm. literally would just send a meeting invite for 15 minutes on a Friday that no one had to attend, no one had to come to but that time was their signal okay for the next 15 minutes it's blocked out in my calendar I can sit here and reflect on my week that is such a smart idea because anyone can do that like right. now I want to do that anyone who owns their own business can do that I think the power of putting it on your calendar makes yeah. such a difference uh, it's funny as you were talking about the example of saying hello I was thinking how inside of the Groove team, we all say morning uh, to each other every morning, which is funny because we're spread out across the world. Yeah. So our mornings are quite different, but it's yeah. funny. It's almost like, a, hey, I'm, you know, I'm here and I've taken it upon myself to when I say morning, every single day I say it, I add a different emoji afterwards. Nice. And sometimes there's like a funny meaning behind it and other times there's not. And yeah. so people will guess, like, is there a meaning behind this emoji? But, you know, I think that, again, for a business owner listening to this, who's like missing that, like checking into the office, because I think mm -hmm. that's something I hear a lot from Groovers and from others in this space is like, there are a couple of things that they miss about that work, going to the workplace, mm -hmm. going to the office, and they don't want to trade it to go back. 
But there's a few things. And yeah. one of those is that like I've arrived yeah. feeling. Yeah. And so I think it's interesting to think about how can you recreate that? Whether it's, you know, let's say you are someone who owns your own business and you are very active on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, every morning, you know, Monday through Friday, you're saying morning yeah. to your your followers and just checking in like, hey, I've made it to the office. Absolutely. Or similarly on LinkedIn, starting a little thread. Morning, this is what I'm up to today. What are you up to? And maybe people will respond. So, yeah, I, I love this. I, mm. These are both great examples. It's and an so, interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so what you've just described, you know, the, the practice that you do at Groove, and the mm -hmm. kind of, you know, everyone says morning, regardless of what time they start. That's a ritual, right, that you've designed yes. as a team based mm -hmm. on the fact that actually you are remote and it's mm -hmm. it also makes it more special the fact that you're saying morning but it is at different times of the the day and so that, again that's kind of part of your culture at Groove like you know we are geographically spread and we do start our days at different times but yet we have this ritual where we all say morning whatever time it is that we're starting mm -hmm. and then you've added that little flavor which is the emoji which other people might pick up on and it you know might start that conversation and this is you know, the kinds of things that we really do need to think about that connect, you know, it's like a little funny thing, but it's not kind of just about plucking these rituals out of the air. It really is kind of saying, this is who our, this is our team. This is like the makeup of our team. These are the people in the team. This is what we need to get done together. You know, a big part of Groove is about connection. That's what your app is about, right? So it would not make sense that as a team, you're not connected and you don't <laughs> create those spaces and those practices to make sure that you're living what it is that you're trying to encourage in your in the work and the impact that you're trying to yeah and it's funny just hearing you echo it back like mm. it is a really important ritual to me i love being able to you know when surely says it in the morning we always give each other like the hand waving emojis back yeah so it's funny like i've it's never an example i've, I've never talked about it with anyone outside of the team because it seems like such a thing that's ingrained in our daily thing mm. and yet i do it every single day yeah and haven't really spent the time to reflect on it and i think that says something about a good ritual that makes sense because yes. I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, uh, have you ever read The Power of Ritual by Casper Turkile? I haven't, no. Okay. I think you would love it. Yeah. Um, it's a great book. And he talks a lot about just how rituals have played a role in society from like the earliest days. And he then goes on to talk about, you know, how it's, it's interesting to read it like post COVID and like, mm. how does this relate to workplace culture and, you know, that type of stuff. But he talks about how there are other places where people have sought out rituals that you never would have expected X number of years ago, like going to a place like Orange Theory or F45, some of these workout, um, these workout spots where people yeah. find this ritual of showing up and they all do the high five at the beginning of the ride or whatever it is. And it's interesting because the way he talks about these examples, it's like the ones that are great are just woven right in. Mm -hmm. They're not trying yeah. too hard. Kind of like the way you were saying, I was thinking of like two socks. When you pick out two socks that don't match, it's not great. It yeah. could work, but it's not great. Uh, um, yeah. Whereas if you pick, you know, one ritual that matches a team really well Absolutely. or matches a person really well. It just works mm -hmm. and it's easy. Yeah, super interesting. Cool. Well, let's get to the the meat of this. I want to know yeah. who is a creative entrepreneur who you know well and have benefited from in some way. They've inspired you along the way. Who yeah. is this person and what's that lesson you've learned? Let's talk about my friend Jonas, Jonas Altman, who yeah. is the um, author of Shakers. He's also on Groove. And we've known each other for a very long time. I don't even know how we met. Actually, I remember where we met, but I didn't actually know 
like what brought us together. I think we studied at the same university and maybe someone on his course mentioned me and he got in contact and we met. And it's only really over the last few years, I'd say that we've started to really develop a deep friendship and it accelerated definitely during COVID as well. And when we sort of had a lot of, lot of virtual conversations, Jonas is based in Canada. And I think one of the things, we have these amazing calls every now and again that we call jams. And, you know, I'm not the only person who does this with, he does this with, I know he does this with a lot of people because Jonas is, is like that, but you know, for him, he, he wouldn't know that every conversation we had is like it's the only conversation he's having like that because he is so focused and present and I think what is good about sort of the, the 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 dynamic that Jonas and I have is actually just watching this video another friend of Jonas's Moline who's also on Groove who I now know via Jonas um, introduced me to this concept of prickles and goo and some Alan Watts and he talks about um, he, he says that there's two philosophies there's you're either a prickle person or a goo person Prickle <laughs> people are very structured, they're very focused, they like to have things in place, they're all about systems and processes. And goo people are very spontaneous and kind of free-flowing and open. I'm the prickles, Jonas is the goo. And I think we kind of play off of each other like that. Whenever I'm kind of sitting with Jonas, then I'm really encouraged to take a step back and just go with it and see what comes up. Um, and I think for me, what he gets is that kind of push for, for progress. So we meet really well in the middle in, in some ways. We have some really good conversations. That's really special. I feel like it's it's cool when those relationships kind of come back in yeah. a different part of life where you're mm -hmm. like, I was supposed to reconnect with this person in this moment for this yeah. reason. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's really cool. And I love this idea. I, I don't think I'm a goo person. I think I'm more, it's a prickle person, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like pickle or prickle? Prickle, yeah. Prickle. I, th I don't think I'm a goo person. I think I'm more of a prickle. I like my, mm. I like my structure, but I think I like working with goo people. So yes. I think there's something about that that's interesting. Yeah. I think that's cool. also kind of, you know, I've always loved working with creative people. And I think that that's what I bring to that creative, you know, I'm able to bring a little bit of a structure to something that could be quite boundaryless. Well, and I can relate to what you also said around just kind of that that push to do the thing. Like there's something that I think I bring to a goo person that's like, I'm putting you on the hook. Like yes. that thing that you're dreaming about, yeah. you're making it happen. Yeah. And like by this date and what's the first step you can take towards it? I think that that's an interesting thing as we get further along in our careers mm -hmm. to notice those things about ourselves because that's what makes a great collaborator. That's yeah. what makes, you know, Again, if you're a business owner that is working with a big team and the point person that you're working with is a fellow prickle person or a fellow goo person, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. Like, Absolutely. good thing to call it out and know it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, wow, I, I love that. that yeah, imagery. do check it out because yeah. again, in the video that I watched, Heather Watts talks about how if you don't get that prickles and prickle and goo needs to work with each other, then actually you can clash because it's a different way of working. So yeah. it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Cool. Great, great tip. And now if we had a dream up, like who is someone that is another creative entrepreneur that maybe yeah. you don't know well, you've never met them, or maybe you're a fan of their book or their newsletter, who is this person and what have they added to your life and your journey as a entrepreneur yourself? Yeah, so I would, I'm not sure if I would describe them as a creative entrepreneur. I've got another book here, but it is definitely an author that has had a really massive impact on a practice that I've developed and I've been doing for a good few years. Julia Cameron, yes. The Artist's Way. 
I think that was my entry into journaling. Um, and the, I mean, to be honest, I have to be absolutely honest. I don't think I've actually read the book from start to finish. I kind of stopped on morning pages and that's kept me a good going for a good few years. I, start, I think I first did morning pages in 2015 and I did start off doing it every single day. And now um, as kind of life happens, I now kind of default to doing it at the weekend. But it is something that I know that every time I'm able to make the space, you know, get up, don't look at my phone, just three pages ever's in my mind. I will always get ideas. I'll always get insights. I'll always get breakthroughs. I think it's been one of those things that's been with me for a long time that I probably attribute to a lot of my development. Wow. That is such a great shout out because I think if people are listening and don't know about Julia and the mm. artist way, they're going to fall in love with this. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. For the folks that do are going to be like, hell yes, yeah. I've been doing this. You know, I've been doing this. I also started it, did not finish. But I think that as I got through it, I think I did it for, I did it for a few months mm -hmm. and I actually had an accountability partner uh, who we would send three check marks. We nice. would text each other every day once we've done our three pages. Yes. And that really helped me. But then when we both sort of fell off the wagon, I was yeah. like, oh, wait a second. I think if I really there's one thing that you take from that, you know, if you take one thing, whether it's the morning pages, whether it's the artist play day, there's yep. something there that, you know, will resonate with you and will be, you'll be like, gosh, yeah, I, I do. I need that space. I do need to reconnect with my creativity and I do need to give myself that time to think and to play. You know? Yes. Yeah. I, like you said, I mm. think. I never would have reached for a journal before I did. I, I started yeah. reading The Artist's Way. I never would have. Mm. I've never journaled. I love writing. I love reflecting. But the act of actually taking out a journal, I don't know that I'd ever had one until I yeah. bought one for The Artist's Way. And now it's something I go to when I need it. And yeah. I think that's the, the light bulb moment is like in a moment of need, I'm like, I have this practice yes. in my toolbox, in, my, in yeah. my back pocket that I can reach for when I need it. And also when I don't need it, when I'm, you know, like you said, where it's a Saturday morning and the sun is shining, let me go ahead and grab it. So that's that's really special. It's yeah, those those artist playdates are also really interesting. And for anyone that hasn't read it yet, you know, she really walks through this idea of adding that play into your life and mm -hmm. making dedicated time for it. I think that the time away from work is just so important. And yeah. so when we act like a kid again, when we do something a little wacky, it's yeah. it's it does. It triggers something in the brain that wasn't there before. Absolutely. Um, wow. That is, yeah, that's a great, great one. Is there anything we haven't talked about that's on your mind that you're like, for this audience of people that are mm. like you, business owners, you know, maybe they're earlier on in that journey. They're one, two, three years in versus 14 years. Anything you want to share with them before we jump off? You know, I'd love to talk a little bit about like how I use Groove actually is or where it, oh, where it comes in into my day so I have I mean this could be the prickle prickle in me but I have developed this practice that I do weekly and you know it often does set me up for grooving so every week I have I call it a meeting with myself and it's kind of just a planning really it's a review and it's a planning but I, I call it my meeting with myself and you know I started doing it again something I did it started doing in 2017 and I think I was a little bit lost in the work that I was doing and I'd I think the reason I was lost was because I didn't have a manager. I didn't have someone telling me or guiding me or, you know, supporting me. And I kind of said to myself, if I had a manager, what would I be doing with them? I'd be having weekly one-to-ones. 
So I set up this weekly meeting with myself as if I was manager and I go through three questions. What do I do? What happens? So I review the past week. How am I feeling? What did I learn? And, and what am I thinking about? And that's kind of a bit of a journaling practice. I kind of look at, you know, what did I tick off the to-do list? What happened? You know, client work, new clients coming in, challenges, meetings that I had. Um, and then I talk about how I feel about it and what have I learned? Like, you know, was there a mistake that I made? Did I fail at anything? And do I want to make sure that I don't repeat it again? Those kinds of things. And then the idea is what am I thinking about? Just to download and um, so that I can make sure that I capture some of the things that might be new. And then I do a forward planning where I go through my task list. I have this master task list, go through my task mm-hmm. list, put out the task for the week. And then I allocate them. I sort of fill out my planner of my appointments and then I allocate tasks to days. So I literally plan out my whole week and what I'm going to do every day before I get to my week. And that's really important for me because what it does is it makes decisions before I need to make the decision in the sense where I get up on one day and it's like, I don't need to decide what I'm going to do today. I've already decided what I need mm-hmm. to do today so that it takes that, um, yeah, I guess that decision, you know, you can get that decision fatigue where you're kind of always, the procrastination, oh, yeah. it, it, it kind of gets that out of the way for me. So often when I go into a groove, I'm kind of setting up a groove. It's like my first groove of the day, I often check my task list, see what I need to do today um, and then each task might be in a groove or I'll kind of literally transfer my tasks into groove and that's how I'll go through my day. This is such a great tip. It, it is so so good and I think it's like a gift to future Allison like it's yeah, like absolutely. oh every yeah. time you do this you're yeah. just giving yourself this gift yeah. and every time you interact with that list in this practice I'm sure you're feeling this gratitude for past Alice. 100%. It's like, thank you. Wow, that is so, so good. I think Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's really interesting what you said about decisions um, and kind of removing that. I know folks that eat the same thing for breakfast every day just so that they remove that decision. Absolutely. There's something about removing decisions from that first couple of hours of your day Mm -hmm. that can really streamline the rest of the day. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That is such an... Yeah, as I say, that's kind of one of my themes for this year, actually, which is like, how can mm. I be kind to my future self? So I realise how much that supports me. That idea of making decisions in advance of when I need to. I mean, you know, there are some decisions that sometimes you have to make in the moment. You can't avoid it. Yes, but if I can, so one of the other things that I started doing is this is simple. Probably so many people do this. It's been profound for me over the last couple of weeks. Planning out my meals. I used to get to the end of the day and used to dread cooking dinner and mm. even going shopping. I just pick up the same things because I'd like broccoli and spinach and sweet potato and a bit of fish and it'd just be the same thing. So I realized that I was going through the motions shopping and I'd have the same thing in my fridge. So I was cooking the same thing all the time. And that's why I was getting really uninspired with cooking dinner because of course I'm just doing the same. So now. For the last two weeks, I've literally sort of sat down and was like, okay, what am I going to eat Monday through to, to Friday? It's made such a difference. Such a difference. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, and, you know, do, doing my shopping around that as well, it's made such mm-hmm. a difference. And actually, I'm a bit apprehensive about chat GPT, but that is one of the things that I've started to use chat GPT for, which is plan me, oh, wow. um, you know, a meal. These are the things that I've got in my fridge and my cupboard. Plan me a meal, breakfast, lunch and dinner, Monday to Friday. And if I don't have something, tell me what I need to buy. 
And I'm that saying, is actually a great idea. Because I eat the paleo diet as well. It can just be a little bit sort of tricky um, for me. So yeah. yeah, so it's like, you know, according to the paleo diet, and plan me out breakfast, lunch and dinner, Monday to Friday and tell me what I need to buy. It's been brilliant. Wow. That, so good tips. <laughs> and I think it's, it's funny. I keep hearing this phrase on social media. People keep talking about like romanticizing their life. And no. I made the joke the other day where I was like, wait, I've been doing this for years before it was like a TikTok trend. Um, because I think this concept of romanticizing your life is really taking care of yourself and your mm. future self in that way that's like, I am, you know, whether you buy a favorite mug and every time you pull it out of the cupboard to have your morning tea or coffee, you are grateful for yep. past, Miller, past Allison for buying that mug Absolutely. because it makes you smile. Similarly, the same way of like planning out those meals, like grab, you know, getting your to-do list in order. There's something about like, the romantic, like, I'm having a date with myself. I'm yeah. planning out my to-dos. I'm planning out my meals. That is a healthy practice mm. that is like I'm getting into the thick of who I am and what I want to make this week be all about or this yeah. month. Yeah. Wow. And okay, this episode has been full of of so many good things. I just want to I, say I, one I, thing. I think that you know, on the planning, it's it's not that I'm kind of doing it so that I, you know, stick to it rigidly. I think when you plan, then you create the space for spontaneity. So I can look at my meal plan and I can say, do you know what? I said that I was going to have, I don't know, a sweet potato and broccoli and fish tonight. But actually what I want to do is I want to have a stir fry. So I can, again, I've got that decision that I can make. So, yeah. That's that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. It's almost like creating a collection of decisions. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, I've narrowed it down to this collection. Now I get to add the spontaneity Absolutely. in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm sure listeners are going to be so curious to check out where your work is, how mm -hmm. they can get your book. Any links that, you know, what is it? Where can people find you? Where's the best place to connect with you? I'll then, include them in the show notes as well, but yeah, we'd love you. to just hear it. Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn a lot, Alison Coward. My book is called Workshop Culture, The Guides to Building Teams That Thrive. You can get it in wherever you buy your books. And my website is www.bracketcreative.co.uk. Amazing. Allison, thanks so much for being a part of this. Well, Great thanks for having me. I've loved this chat. Thank you. Hey, it's me again. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day for this conversation. If you're feeling inspired after today's episode, I invite you to thank someone who's made a big difference for you. Send them a note or give them a shout out on social media. It would make my day and probably theirs too. If you want to start grooving, visit groove.oo like out of office to co-work with some of the cool guests on this show and other creative entrepreneurs like them. If you liked this episode, spread the word and be sure to tag at groove coworking so we can give you some love back. As always, I'm sending you good vibes and high fives.